Sean, this is our seventh take at starting this podcast for the Eternal Spoiler Pod. If you're unfamiliar with spoiler pods, we are going to dive into everything Eternals, talk about all of the hot goss around Eternals, uh, as well as the uh, two after credit scenes that we'll have to dissect a little bit. There's some big revelations that have come recently regarding one of them in particular. So we'll dive into all this. Um, but I am pleased to say, Sean, that after two weeks of sitting around worrying in my chest, my heart was hurting. I was so nervous because I figured I have a list of like five things that I thought you would have issues with. I'm sure you probably have issues with at least two of them. But yeah. <laughs> but I'm happy that you gave it a beat. Two weeks and one day. And that was <laughs> intentional. I could have texted you anytime on Friday. I wasn't really busy or anything. I'm like, I'm going to let him ask me. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was buddy. Stewing. I was stewing. I, was <laughs> I knew you like, were truly miserable. And I was like, I'm going to let him go for a bit. This is going to be Thank crazy. you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> I couldn't help it. It was too fun to just think of it like that. But uh, yes, um, I, uh, you know, my, my strange journey with this film was, you know, the, Reviews came out. They obviously came out to the most rotten movie in the MCU of all time that shall be now blasted into space forever. And um, I, I thought to myself, I was like, well, I, I have done a rant before where I think Rotten Tomatoes can be somewhat useful, but for the most part is kind of stupid and should not be taken at the exact face value that it is. However, my lizard brain did say, like, like as I walked into that theater, 56%, 56%, 56%, and I'm somewhat decent at like trying to like keep that stuff away as i watch a movie but that's tough to do here now for me i'll just say this right off the bat and this is the weird thing that people are criticizing that i don't think deserves the criticism but this is a typical marvel movie for me like really? everyone's saying this is everyone like says like their issues with it is that it took these big swings and then like it and it uh, offered big misses i'm like this is a Marvel movie for me. Superheroes, they do some like fun little talking, like back and forth, fun little <laughs> quips. They also do some brooding because of like the, the large scale. And then there's a gigant then there's a bunch of gigantic CGI monsters and they question whether or not to save humanity. I this all of this kind of felt like stuff I've, you know, and this is this this is weirdly both a positive and a negative. This is stuff I've seen before in the Marvel universe. Yeah. This is stuff I feel comfortable with. And so when I like walked out, I said, people thought this was different from the typical Marvel movie. This is this is the typical Marvel movie. I mean, with the exception of a few quick changes, I I, I enjoyed myself. And like, you know, Joe said, I had a couple of problems. A few pro like story problem problems with the story, but for the most part, this was more enjoyable than it wasn't. Honestly, yeah, and I'm very happy to hear that because, uh, as you know, I very much enjoyed this movie. The reason that I say it's different is because this felt like one of the first Marvel movies that focused on the characters more and developing the individual stories um, over the action and the bombastic action. We we definitely get that. There's some really, I think, great action scenes. Um, yes. And the the graphics I thought were really good for what they were. Some of the deviants I like they could be better. Mm -hmm. Um but I mean the final battle was just so much fun to me and was very very much a way for for Chloe Zhao to uh play to the strengths of each of the characters and they each had their role in what was going on. It was 
I, I don't know. I very much enjoyed that. We should mention that we're going to get into some really crazy spoilers um, in a few minutes here, or probably actually right now. So yeah. um, let's talk about the casting, because the casting with this Marvel movie, one of the reasons that this stands out to me, it's a very diverse cast. Uh, you have an individual who you have a deaf individual who's actually cast in the movie. It's a deaf character, a deaf actress playing her. Um, you have Sama Hayek. You have Gemma Chan, who was phenomenal, by the way. Um, I loved her in this movie. You have Brian Tyree Henry. You have Kamal Nanjani. Um, Brian Tyree Henry, we should mention, and I, because I've talked about this with Disney in the past, this is the very first time we've ever seen a gay character done justice and delivered well in terms of the relationship and having a child and all the inner turmoil. Um, just very much enjoyed that. Um, the deaf actress was Laura, uh, Lauren Ridloff, I should mention. Um, That's why I was have, panicked um, looking up while this froze. <laughs> you have uh, Mandak, I'm going to totally butcher this name for Gilgamesh, but Ma Dong Suk, um, as well as Harish Patel, who was the uh, kind of like the lackey for uh, uh, Nanjani's character. Um, so it was just a very beautifully diverse movie. And I love seeing that because I think that's a lot of the influence of Chloe Zhao being like, we're going to do this right. If I'm going to come into this movie, number one, you're going to get fantastic visuals, which we certainly get. Um, we should also mention that this movie uh, traverses decades, uh, millennia, <laughs> um, and is all over the world and time. Um, but you also get, you just get stunning visuals. I, I very much enjoyed every aspect of what they provided. Were there things that I thought could have been done better? Yes. I think the movie maybe is a little bit too long. Um, it could have cut some of the exposition or whatnot. But the more I thought about it, the more I just actually really enjoyed living in these living, living in this story and through these characters because it just felt like a drama that was trying to be a drama first and a Marvel movie second. And to me, that's refreshing. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's one of the uh, things I echo. And, you know, when you talk about the um, the characters, just going back to that, it made that final fight a little bit more satisfying where there were a lot of characters to introduce. And some of them got a lot better than, uh, like, a few others. I think there are some pretty poor characters on here. Um, my apologies to Sprite, but that character became quite a distraction at points where like in the third act, I'm kind of like, Oh, just stop it. Like, there's these just moments where um, I understand your motivation. I get what you're trying to do, but get out of the way of the rest of this. Um, right. um, there's a few that have like just very interesting storybooks there. There's just, you're right. You nailed it on the head when this is a, a drama more than anything. Um, I, um, I think my main issue was something that, you know, just like I said, it's difficult to introduce these characters. There are they are introducing 10 characters and they're yeah. doing it within a span of a two and a half hour film where there's also a theme of the world ending. That's very tricky to do. I mean, Brian Tyree Henry might be one of the most compelling characters. We see him with like an hour to go, maybe. Um, yeah. And uh, we for, like almost pretty much first see him with about an hour to go and uh, his experience there. And it is unbelievable with his character being the first gay character, the first gay character with a family that we see. And then the part that I fist pumped in the air to um, like a few people that were looking at me strange, a kiss <laughs> that actually held for a decent amount of time. Right. It's just, <laughs> it, I, and I know that we're probably going to have some listeners that are like, oh, why you got to talk about that or whatever. It is monumental. 
to show that stuff on to, to show representation and to provide representation. And as a gay man, it's something that just was very nice to see in a Marvel movie. Uh, it was very, especially coming from Disney that likes to say like, look how diverse we were. Did you see that character that was behind the other one in that one scene yep. for two seconds? Like this was really solidly done. Sorry. It was calling their shot. Yeah, it was not it, like the usual thing. You're right. It's like the background character or in Jungle Cruise is just like, I don't like women. I go elsewhere. And like, that's all he <laughs> Cheers says. Cheers to elsewhere. Yeah. Cheers to elsewhere. It's like, oh, just like <laughs> like lay it on that you're not talking about that. And this movie's now being banned in several countries. Cool. Like, you know what? Now they can't see it. And they're going to probably and, still watch it on bootleg, you losers. And we should give Disney some props here for not bowing to those censors and cutting those scenes out or that storyline and saying, okay, then you're not getting it. That's actually really big of Disney. Uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, kudos to them. I'm impressed. And that storyline is very important because it's, I forget character names, but Brian Tyree Henry's character, um, like Fastos. that, that's his way. Fastos. Yes. Uh, that's his way of, um, showing that, uh, like humanity is worth saving is this family right here. Cause you know, he has a situation where we could talk about this. Cause I think this scene drew a lot of controversy, but you know, in 1945 where he's like, I don't want to save humanity anymore after what happened in Hiroshima. Um, but and you know, he essentially ha holds a part in that. Now I'm going to say it that way. He holds a part in that because people are reading that scene a little bit differently. And that's starting to frustrate me. What that he did that he did it. Yeah, they're like, you know, they're, oh, they're having the gay black man be in charge of the uh, crisis in Hiroshima. Well, it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. no he just, he was teaching, he was yeah. trying to advance them further than they were ready to be advanced. And mm -hmm. what you can read into that is that he provided mm -hmm. some piece of technology or whatnot, excuse me, I'm uh, drinking bubbly, uh, sponsored, not, um, <laughs> not drinking bubbly, and it's like, give me the hiccups. But, um, you can read into based on other scenes that he provided some sort of technology that led to that. And that's what he was feeling ownership. Yeah. over. It, it it drove me nuts when like, I've heard that on several pods already. And I'm just like, that's not even close to what's going on there. That <laughs> he's just looking at what the humanity is and stuff. I mean, I think his character is one of the big plot holes though, where it's like, we can't intervene, but we can make plows for them. And we can make the steam engine for them. Yeah. And we can. And, and there are the, there's these moments where I'm like, okay, so they can intervene with the steam engine. But, you know, when it comes to uh, other situations and wars and Thanos, we can't intervene. And I'm being nitpicky, I think. But, but also, also to counter that, though, Sean, to counter that, I mean, there's that whole scene where they he's told not to do that. Um, yeah. You know, so like they're, they have their marching orders. And I think they do a good job of just la of laying out like why I, the big criticism going into Eternals from the very beginning was why did they not intervene uh, when Thanos was whatever. And they I think they do a good job of kind of explaining mm -hmm. that in this movie. Um, but they also do a good job of showing that like these Eternals are individuals that want to help. And yeah. that kind of leads to the over the overarching uh, I, I was going to say contest, the overarching yeah uh turmoil near the end but i yeah. think they do a good job of explaining that well and that's and that that would be my other like large problem and i think it was because i had a very bad week at work where <laughs> i just said you know your job is not to intervene so don't intervene and so then when towards the end when it's like oh the world's gonna end let's try to intervene i'm like sitting there being like no you shouldn't be intervening like you, come on. It was just one of those things where I understand your sort of play, where it's like finally they got fed up 
with watching so much evil happen with humanity and yet they still persevered and that they wanted to like try and you know like save this planet my worry is have they say this is this is this is getting wonky because i'm getting out of my development of knowing about comic book knowledge but based on some of the exposition that i heard they're still gonna be in trouble pretty much like that planet's still in trouble if they didn't have the man inside burst open um (laughs) I, and I I don't know if I messed that up or and that's where like it's tough with these kind of movies where you jump into these kind of worlds where you know I, I need to get my thesaurus not thesaurus I need to get my encyclopedia out just to like you know make sure I follow it along still fun but those th- those moments were the ones where I was like hmm where where, well, where we am I we don't know where they're going with it too it does yeah, at the true. end say the Eternals will return and all that stuff and the post credit scene that we'll get to in a second sets up sort of like I, kind of like guardians of the galaxy-esque adventure to find these people um because we lose some of the internals um but I, I have to push back a little bit because i think that whole like now they're intervening thing is the crux of the movie it's they're realizing that they were being used and that they had been used to prime these uh you know the the creatures not creatures but the um, are they celestials? Yeah, Demen- the celestials that are being like born within the uh, the planets, and it's going to destroy the planet when that celestial comes out. Whatever. That's uh, it, they finally realize, based on the love, Brian Tyree Henry, all that stuff, that they want to save these people, and that they shouldn't be used as pawns to destroy entire planets for the sake of uh, celestials that will then, I guess, go on to help develop other universes and whatever. Um, I totally was on board with that because I think what they're focusing on there is the, the free will of the, these characters. And it's something that was, I think pre prescribed for so long in this movie and so long with the Eternals that seeing that be the central crux of uh, the third act and the challenges that we see played out. Spoiler alert. Icarus is a bad guy um, with, <laughs> with, oh, I was very upset by that, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I knew I was just like, Oh, Joe's not going to like that. <laughs> I'm like, please don't die. Um, but uh, I, I think that was really well played out. And I think that that was what also made this really different from other Marvel movies is there wasn't a big bad, so to speak. I mean, of course, um, oh my gosh, what, Arisham? Is that the guy, the thing's name? The, the guy with the uh, the life game piece as a head. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, of course, he is kind of the mastermind and the manipulator, the puppet master would be a better way to put that, behind the scenes. Um, but this really is internal conflict played out in this movie without a giant big bad at the end. The deviants end up getting kind of sidelined a little bit where that's happening, but they're not the big issue <laughs> that they're dealing with. And that's, I, I thought that was just a really intriguing way to play on all these characters that we just were introduced to and spent so much time learning about to have that conflict play out the way it did. I, I took that in a totally different direction than where I started, but there you go. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it it does work. I often have in my head when I was having arguments with myself a lot uh, about this movie have said, well, they're not humans. And then at other times I've said, well, they're humans. And so <laughs> there's been this like issue. It's like, yeah. well, they're robots. Well, they're aliens. Well, they're humans. Well, they're, they're uh, alien Hubot robots that have been, uh, you know, scrubbed of their memories 800 times and have been constantly used to destroy millions of planets. And so, you know, once Angelina Jolie, Ange- wow, there it is. Angelina Jolie's character finds that out. Um, it, 
it gets a little bit uh you know it's like oh okay that makes sense it's like kind of a twilight zone-ish sort of episode um yeah where it's like oh no she's just a little bit uh she's got the mad weary which is you know think of something different but <laughs> <laughs> um let's talk about the after credit scenes because we do get two after credit scenes we... that are pretty oh go ahead can we jump into Chloe Zhao for a second? Because this is Absolutely. the fascinating, yeah. Because this is the most fascinating thing. Academy Award winner Chloe Zhao, who you know is famous for uh, you know uh, filming Francis McDormand shitting in a bucket, um, and uh, that has uh, gotten her garnered her an Oscar with with no joke. No, my lad is a, a, a quite good movie. Um, I, I I could argue great. Um, but now, you know, and before Nomadland or before Nomadland received that Oscar, she is working on this uh, project of uh, Eternals. This is a constant move of uh, Marvel is to take a independent filmmaker and give them give them something like this. And I don't think I've ever seen it to this degree. I mean, we've seen it with Captain Marvel, which is pretty close to the same sort of deal. Um, we're going to see it with the Marvels, the Marvels with Nia DaCosta. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, this is a situation where, you know, uh, Chloe Zhao is amazing at like two pistols on the arms and like, you know, firing them off and has great aim. But she was given a fully armed battalion in this case. And I I think she was given too much yet. I think that what she did with what she was given was pretty great. And she manages like you've been saying, Joe, the humanity in this is great. I think the naturalism in this is great, which sounds ridiculously stupid for me to say because once again they're talking to giant aliens and taking on like wolf hair monsters and yet in between those moments there is this naturalism there are these moments where yes it's two and a half hours long um but there are these moments where like there's this slow down quiet naturalism between these characters that i really did enjoy and i liked that sort of connection um and so i i've got to give it credit to Zhao because like I, i don't know why you would if I were her, I don't know why you would pick up this thing. It's like, listen, I am not qualified. Okay, wait, billions of dollars. Yeah, but like, I don't know why else you would you would pick this up because this is really ambitious for you. It's quite a lot, um, and I I just truly hope it's not looked poor on her, which it seems like it's not. It just seems like this, according to critics, this wasn't a right fit. I think it's a little bit better of a fit than most people would, but also I'd yeah, say let's let Johnny Boomsticks direct the sequel. And we'll, you know, have fun with that and, um, you know, give Chloe her next film, which will be amazing, by the way. I know it already. I think I think that's right for a sequel, right? Like, you, OK, she's done her job. She's established yep. these characters. Now let's blow it all up. Let's go crazy. <laughs> let's have fun, um, which is probably what Marvel will do. Um, I but I, I think that she was the right fit here because of the 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 focus on introducing, like you said, like 10 different characters and having to understand their intentions and their motivations um, and having those moments where, you know, like I had read that the sex scene between Gemma Chan and um, I was said Sebastian Stan, and that's not at all who I meant. Richard Madden. Pretty close, actually, now that I think about it, though. Those guys yeah. got the same kind of jawline cooking. <laughs> <laughs> um, that they were, uh, that that was important for them to like show that connection. And that's the first Marvel sex scene we've seen. Um, I, I Those intricate details i think are what sets this movie apart in a lot of ways um and i i commend her for that but i'm totally with you it's time like the next one go with like michael bay no don't do michael bay (laughs) (laughs) 
You like, I mean, honestly, this sounds like a crazy one. Like some, not this exact person, but you know, Joe Johnston, who did the first uh, Captain America. Like, you know, someone who's got a little bit of fun going. You know, just you know, knows how to make something crazy or uh, bring back the Russo brothers. <laughs> I, I was just going to say the Russo brothers. <laughs> like, that's all I can think of for these crazy friggin' movies. <laughs> I know, right? Let's talk about the post-credit scenes. The first one is the mid-credit scene. Uh, officially, it is uh, Thena Makari and Drew League on their ship. Um, they are worrying what is about what is going on um, with a couple of their uh, <laughs> their friends having disappeared and being taken by Arisham. Um, we don't know where they went, uh, but we get they get a uh, a feeling that something is approaching, and it ends up being Pip the Troll, um, as well as uh, Eros, who is Star Fox. Um, so Pip the Troll was voiced by Patton Oswalt. Did you know that? I, there I, were I a few moments it. of it where I caught him, yeah. Like, where yeah. I was like, this sounds like Patton. Um, and we have Star Fox played by Harry Styles. So this was the one that was really spoiled um, Immediately. early on. Immediately. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Very, very poor and irresponsible reporting, by the way, to say like some of the articles were saying uh, the big spoiler of who Harry Styles is playing. And I'm like, well, you just you gave it away, like in terms of his casting. So anyway, that was annoying. But basically, Eros slash Star Fox is a uh, is the brother of um, Thanos. He's also a an eternal, which is comic accurate. He has that little spear thing, so he apparently can connect with, I would assume, Arisham and stuff. Um, but he said, he tells the Eternals that we see on screen that he knows where their friends are. So they're about to like, go on a journey to find them, which I assume will lead to Eternals 2. Harry Styles is in the MCU. Your thoughts? I mean, I'm going to really, truly confess this because it, it's going to make me feel good. I mean, it feel terrible. I just need to like let it out. Um, the movie was packed with teenage to college girls. And so I was wondering why that was. I was, I genuinely didn't know. Cause I didn't hear about any of that. Actually. I didn't know any about yeah. it, like any uh, spoiler stuff. So you do a good job of keeping yourself from them. Oh God. So, somehow. I don't know what it is. Twitter off Twitter. Maybe. I don't know. But, um, I, um, I was like, Oh cool. A lot of Marvel. Latest. The theater went insane when like all of a sudden he shows up didn't know it was harry styles <laughs> i'm not i'm not being uppity i'm not being like i was just i'm just this old man that does not know i i know the name harry styles when i hear that name i understand that that's a thing um but i, <laughs> I did not know it was him at all and i tried I, I obviously didn't know the character that's that's gonna come with it though that's me that's always me but um <laughs> i had no idea who it was and i i just felt like until like i mean the next day when I was talking to some of the kids in class and they were just like, that was Harry Styles. And then I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really interesting casting. Um, but Hey, whatever. This is a weird mid credit scene, mainly because Pip the troll is weird and it does not look good. Does not look they got to do some, they got to do something better with that because it does yeah. not look good. Um, totally with you there. But what's interesting is Pip the troll in the comics, I was reading up on this, has a lot of connections to Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock, who is going to be played by, oh my gosh, what's his name? Will Poulter in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Adam, yeah. So we're starting to get a lot of connections and you see them laying the groundwork and we'll talk about that with the next scene as well. Now, um, I actually, I thought about this the, other, the uh, well, actually this morning when they said, uh, you know, Eternals will return. 
They didn't say Eternals 2 will be happening or anything like that. Right. Will the Eternals return in a situation like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, or is that too much galaxy brain? I don't know. I, I think that there's a lot that they can do with it. Um, we know, and I'm going to talk about this in a second too, but we know that the directors are working together and talk to one another about what they're doing. Um, uh, basically, when we get to the next scene yep. that we're going to talk about yep. something that a director told me weeks or months ago makes a lot of sense now well um, okay so you okay we're i heard from so and johnny as well that not not personally on a podcast so let's talk about it you, you talk about it. you start the other credit yeah. scene okay so the the second scene is um we see kit harrington who we didn't talk about <laughs> in this movie because he's neither did this movie five minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this um movie didn't care so he was cast as the Black Knight, uh, and that seems to be a direction that they're going into in the future, um, where he'll probably be played out in, I don't know, some other movie. Um, but essentially what we see is his character, Dane Whitman, um, who is Cersei's boyfriend, um, who is played by Gemma Chan. Um, we see him opening a box, and it is a, it has a sword in there. The sword has some black, like, Kind of cool. I thought this was really cool. The way that it like was alive in a way. It like lunged it like toward venom. him. I was sort of thinking about like it did venom. Yeah, venom was what it was like. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so he hears uh hears someone say to him, like, are you sure or something like that? Um, and that ended up so let me ask you this. Who did you think it was? Uh, well, now I know who you think it was based on what you just said. And uh, I'm just going to say this is Kamal Nanjiani's credit. He spilled this on a podcast that I listened to just before getting on here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. Who did you think it was in the moment? Oh, had no idea. Th this is the thing. I don't I don't even I can't even guess. Um, Who would I think it was? Uh, shoot. I, I God, I, I really couldn't even I, I didn't even I, have a thing. The spirit of the sword. <laughs> I thought it was Jeffrey Wright's watcher. That was that's been a theory as well. That's been that a theory. That was my thought. Go yeah. ahead though. Command and Johnny. So Command and Johnny said, and then he said, Oh, I might get in trouble for this. So this means that it might actually be true. Who knows? Or he's screwing with us. Because it is it is Camille. He he likes to screw with us. Um but uh he said that it's a uh, blade. It is blade. So Chloe Zhao yesterday, <laughs> Chloe Zhao, Chloe Zhao yesterday uh, or the day before came out and said she confirmed that it was blade. It was Mahersha Ali's voice. So the connection here that I'm making is months ago, I interviewed Bassam Tariq, who is the director of Mobile Mowgli and is going to be directing Blade. He's working on it. And he mentioned, you know, talking to Chloe and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I now, now I know why you were talking to Chloe, because there is a connection. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had no idea that that I have to say that there were some people that were like, I knew right away it was Mahershala Ali. I'm like, no, you didn't. Shut up. I mean, um, he does have a very distinct voice, so I'd almost get that, but no one's going to pull that. Like, it no didn't come across there. I mean, no. the fact that the director had to come out the day it was released or the day before it was released and be like, oh, here's who it was. Um, you know, a little bit of a failed, failed reveal there, I think. But um, but again, we're, we know we're getting a Blade movie. Uh, so that's a really cool setup for what's coming down the road. How Blade is related to the Black Knight? No idea. Swords. Um, so vampires. Um, oh, that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Black Knight's not a vampire, but I don't know. Maybe they. If he travels that. through medieval times where there's vampires, I am stretching with how little I know about this. He's stuff. been he's been around for a while, so he's seen the Black Knight. Uh, I don't know, something like that. There we go. That was. But it was cool. I mean, hey, that's very, very cool. Um, the, you have to see the video where Chloe Zhao mentions it. She's like all giddy and excited about it. <laughs> she um, seems so freaking cool. Like, I know, oh. I know. 
Um, but we're definitely, I mean, we're, we're getting a Blade movie in the future. We are probably going to get a lot more of the Black Knight, who I think they are sort of um, setting up to be a major character moving forward. So again, we are getting a lot, this goes back to Shang-Chi, we're getting a lot of uh, foundational work here, right? Introducing us to new characters, setting the stage for the characters that we're going to need to care about moving forward when the big bad is revealed, whether that's Kang the Conqueror, who I, it probably is, um, or if, you know, Mephisto. <laughs> Don't even. Um, or whoever it may be. But I listen, they were fun. Um, I do have to say I'm tired of people freaking out about after credit scenes and being like, oh, my God, it changes everything because these change nothing. Yeah. Um, well, but, also, like, I, I won't lie to you. Twenty five percent of you actually know what it is. Like, right. just like sit there, enjoy what it's going to be. And then a podcast or an article is going to tell you in like 20 minutes. Until then, you can't you can't do much else uh, besides that. I got a question for you because you're saying uh, I saw on the um, outline that we have later. Uh, um, what is it? Friday is Disney Plus Day, right? Uh huh. So do you think they're going to start to draw a map? between these new foundational characters and our old foundational characters, because at this point it's getting to be a lot. I'm having fun. I'm enjoying myself, but we now, now we've just covered 7,000 years and also space. <laughs> I'm getting worried about how much more I can handle. Um, I think they need to, whether they will or not, I, it remains to be seen. Um, they are, uh, they have a lot going on. And I think with the reception that this movie has received um, or has garnered with, especially the critics, I mean, it's, it's under 50% this morning on Rotten Tomatoes, which is just not good PR. Yeah. They don't want that. Um, but I think it's 85% or 84% with fans, which is really good. I think they're going to want to do a little damage control and just be like, whoa, 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 here's where we're going. Yeah. Um, so do I think they're going to? I think we're going to get some Marvel news. What that is, I don't know. I think the majority of the day is going to be focused on Star Wars. Oh, yeah, because we don't know. Like, I mean, with the exception of the series that are happening, we don't really know anything about Star Wars. I mean, nothing about movies, but we'll probably get a Kenobi uh, teaser of some sort. Just give me a re I don't even care about a teaser. Give me a damn release date. For the yeah. love of God, I want to know when that thing's coming out. <laughs> but yeah. So I, I think that they need to they need to lay the groundwork a little bit more to reassure fans uh, of Marvel where they're going with all this. Um, but I, I mean, listen, they're laying a foundation for what's to come. So we knew that with some of these characters and some of these properties that were announced, um, we're in uncharted territory. It's not going to be the same as it was yeah. the first three phases. Do you think they're hitting the panic button right now? Because I don't think they are. I don't know. And yeah. I, I don't mean to, to make it sound like I think they are. I think they just, I think they're smart with yeah. how they respond to things. And they probably were hoping for a better reception mm -hmm. for Eternals than it received. Um, so they're going to try to, uh, they're going to manipulate all of us to carrying more than we do right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Honestly. so like, it, um, so I, I want one more ask of you. I should have asked this at the beginning because we probably covered everything. Um, what were the problems you thought I'd have with the movie? Did we cover oh, all them all? Or I thought that you were going to say that uh, one, that it was too long. Um, yes, but no. The, no, not really, but go. <laughs> the CGI, I thought you were going to have a problem with. Um, yeah. Sprite, I knew you were going to have a problem with. Freaking uh, Sprite. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't mention this earlier, but I want to want to go back to it. You're totally right. There were some characters that were weaker than others, um, but you have to introduce them. Um, 
you have i mean you can't cut out certain eternals <laughs> i'm just um, so happy you knew i'd hate spring <laughs> oh i knew i knew right away by the way um, leah McHugh, amazing actress like really yeah. great actress like has done some great stuff but i just could not stand that character <laughs> um i thought that you were gonna say which you kind of did that the kit harrington stuff was undercooked um i mean if you watching... when he when he was cast it was a big deal and he's in this movie for five minutes there's a uh gigantic poster in the uh, theater that i go to and like it was the first time i realized when like it was just like 10 billion names and like kit harrington is just after don lee where i'm like oh i don't know about this <laughs> i think i think he's in this for a couple of minutes <laughs> um so they were essentially the issues i thought you'd have with it but um, yeah, I, I mean, and and structure too i couldn't really i can't put this into words the structure's different in this movie. It's a very, I mean, you get two of the major battles probably in the first half of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of it is spent on plot development and learning who these people are. Um, I really liked that. I thought that was an area that you were going to have a problem with. This is a very classic film. We're now going back into the basic stuff, but I'm okay with yeah. it. This is a very classic film where, yeah, we see all the characters in the first, like the first moment, like kicking butt on like some like, you know, gigantic monster. And then it's just like, you know, present day and like a bunch of stuff happened, but our leader died. Let's get together for the funeral. It, it's the big yeah. chill um, in a way. <laughs> 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 that's that's my highest reach of all time but it's the and big, i kind of love it i do i and i mean there was there was a few moments where it's just like present day 7000 bc 1964 dude and i was like okay oh, wait easy <laughs> get a little <laughs> get some whiplash but it still worked out fine it did um can we pour one out for richard madden's icarus uh not convinced that he's gone but i will say this that uh him not surviving this movie bodes well for his chances to play bond in the future. I mean, you know, there was a moment where, um, <laughs> the person next to me, uh, like when he, when Icarus flies into the sun, someone just went, Oh, Icarus yeah. son. I was like, and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Two and a half hours. They said his name a million times. His, um, the flying scenes were really well done. I liked those a lot. I like yeah. I liked his kind of the, the laser stuff he was cooking with. Like the, the, he was a pretty he was like if Superman got his ass kicked more, and it yeah. was a, it was kind of a cool way to see that. I liked that a we, little bit more than usual. We forgot to mention two important things. They mention Batman and Superman in this movie. They mentioned Superman. Yeah, I don't remember Batman. There's a Batman thing somewhere in the beginning. I can't remember yeah. what yeah. exactly what it is, but that's pretty crazy for a marvel movie because what that establishes is that not that these that they're actual like real people but at least that the comics are in the, the MCU, there's a fictional you know? thing that would be an interesting comb to do to see if like like maybe that's been said before in a marvel movie somewhere maybe not I actually i think it has like they <laughs> normally there's a couple of government suits that come in and pour through the script Right. <laughs> Tom Holland probably said it at some point. <laughs> I was gonna say he said it at like uh, <laughs> at some sort of interview. Uh, your final grade for Eternals was? My final grade was B because uh, you know, like I actually never flirted with anything else. I, I didn't really feel like it, you know, garnered the A for me. But a C for me is just like didn't like like it or love it. And in this case, I did like it. I liked it. I mean, yeah. so it got the B. 
Yeah, and mine was a five out of five. I very much enjoyed this movie. I'm actually probably going to see it this afternoon again. Is that um, your third which, time? This would be my second. I was going to go oh. yesterday and I canceled oh. my ticket, but because um, <laughs> I fell asleep. Um, <laughs> but I I really enjoyed this movie. It's you know we talk about this a lot. Sometimes movies hit people differently, and mm-hmm. this one just I think I was looking forward to it to begin with. I was worried about it going into it, but I just had a really good time with it. So. <sighs> let's see where they go with the next characters they introduce. Yeah, there's uh well, what uh, actually let's do let's do that quickly right now. What's next on the Marvel docket do we know or off the top of my uh, head? So Hawkeye. we have Spider, Spider oh yeah, Hawkeye. We have Spider-Man No Way Home coming Oh, the December. Godfather, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> the greatest movie of all time, Spider-Man No Way Home. There's absolutely that nobody has seen yet. <laughs> Everything about that um, movie is going to be 100% perfect. <laughs> and then we <laughs> And then aside from any Disney Plus stuff that we'll that we don't know about, I'm sure we'll get uh, updated release dates for probably Miss Marvel and stuff um, on Friday at Disney Plus Day. But um, we have uh, what do we have coming down the road? Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was pushed from March to May, um, but that's the one that's really going to start. Well, I think No Way Home is really going to blow everything up, but. It's I, I'm so re- like the, the no after what happened with the Eternals, which this was. Not exactly what I predicted. I, I predicted this is a dumb thing, but 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I predicted it to make $7 at the box office. Like, <laughs> it, it will maybe shift the other way, which is going to be interesting because people Eternals? are. I think so. Maybe not. It's I don't know how the box office is going to do. It is going to do well. How do we know? Do we know numbers yet? Or it's, uh, I don't know that we know official numbers, but mm-hmm. I know that the pre sales were uh, on top of Shang-Chi. Which is real, and Shang Chi was a huge movie. Um, going to boxofficereport.com right now just to see what they're saying. Um, I mean, me I always see. do the dumbass thing where I'm like, you know, my parking lot was crowded on Thursday, which doesn't mean <laughs> anything because that's one theater in the world. But my parking lot was Bo- crowded on Thursday. Box office report is predicting an opening weekend of seventy-six point five million for Eternals. <laughs> um, but I did see somewhere that. Um, that it could be upwards of 90 based on pre-sales and stuff. I think people are still going to see it because it's a number one, it's a Marvel property. Yeah. Um, and number two, people I think are intrigued by why it's getting such split reviews, which, Hey, cool. That's what fascinated me, but that's like, that's really good. I mean, like, yeah. I'm going off of a uh, Dune situation, which yeah, Dune had the HBO max thing. So that's why it dropped down, but still. Yeah. It's wild like, for pandemic time. That's uh, that's very impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Sean, bye. As always, thanks for listening. You can follow both Joe and Sean on Instagram at Guy at the Movies and Math Teacher Movies. New episodes of the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean are available every Wednesday morning wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be on the lookout for special spoiler pods where we dive deep into the latest film releases. If you like what you hear, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. See you next time.